We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to another episode of This A for Life. I apologise for my voice, I have a bit of a cold, but I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Hello. And Susan Cadman. Good evening. Now, first, just to check in, Hibber, the pies in the AFLM just got pipped. Well, actually, that's not true. They almost pinched it. <laughs> At the very end, oh. in the prelim, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm okay now. I think I was pretty sad on Saturday night. But I did say going into the game, all I wanted was a good game and not a whitewash like the the game the night before Yeah. Uh, when Brisbane had their bloody pants ripped off them. So we definitely got a good game in that second half of footy. It was fairly incredible, but... Uh, it was a little bit sad and um, we're just saying off air that I was at my parents' house um, with my family watching it uh, for a long-awaited family dinner because my brother's been away for a very long time um, and mum wasn't too stoked that the mood at the dinner table was quite deflated but <laughs> she only <laughs> had the footy to blame. So, um, I mean, it's kind of nice to go into a grand final and be a... Uh, a floater, I think. <laughs> impartial, yeah. Um, impartial, yeah. Um, but Alison, yes. How is your heart after last night, Peacock? Oh, the Brownlow, Paddy Cripps. I mean, look, I do love Cripper. He's one of my one of my favourites. Um, it was a very exciting count towards the end. Mm. I mean, it could have mm. been any like out of five players, could have been anyone. Some. But yeah, to to hit the front <laughs> at the very end, just like the reverse of all of Carlton's <laughs> results <laughs> this year. So it was just nice. It was just nice to get one. Um, but I think he spoke really well. Yeah. You know, showed some vulnerability about you know how he had a bit of a stutter and was not comfortable talking in front of the media and what he did to work on that and um, just how he's just a country boy. You know, he's, he just loves his family and just yeah was really great yeah he did speak really well and I think it, the vulnerability as well he opened up about not even wanting to turn up to play in mm. some of those matches where they were getting pumped I think they said they won three games out of 44 games uh, which is a lot of losing yeah to, it's pretty grim um, being a Carlton supporter <laughs> yeah yeah um so very happy for all of you Carlton supporters last night to get a win on the board with the very last name read out of the entire night it was yeah. epic it was yeah. great no it was a uh, bit of dramatic uh timing from Gil McLaughlin <laughs> <laughs> yes he's thankful that that was his last last hurrah I think <laughs> so round four of AFLW I thought my tips had really gone south but I ended up scraping through and getting six <laughs> but what what did we make of some of the results this week 
I'm just checking my tipping out, actually. Yeah, now I want to get on my tipping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not do well. Oh, no, I did not do well either. Four. Four. Alison, how did you do that? Well, I tipped Brisbane. Mm. Did you? I did. Why, why did you tip Brisbane? What was, I mean, you were right, but what what in your heart said that they were going to topple Melbourne at Casey? I just think they're just looking so ominous. I, 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 I know I said it last mm. week, but they're just looking really strong right across the ground. They're mm. so even. All their ball winners are just getting so much of the footy, plus they're hitting the scoreboard. Uh, like they're just elite. <laughs> It's incredible, actually. Like, just they're just an incredible organization to be so consistent over the whole journey. It's amazing. Fittest team in the comp as well. They look so fit, like, no one can keep up with them. So, they're going to be able to play four quarters better than anybody. Mm. Mm. Demons aren't unfit by any stretch either. So, um, no, the demons had lost a couple of um, heads with, well, I mean, experienced heads with suspension, actually. So they mm. were, you know, already down uh, Jordan Ivey and Taylor Harris, um, which, again, made room for some debutantes, but that probably doesn't help when you're going against the mm. top side. So, But also mm. I don't think the conditions, like I think that meant they didn't really miss Harris because, mm-hmm. like, it just wasn't wasn't a tall forwards kind of day. Like, yeah, Wardlaw for Brisbane like kicked two of her goals off the ground <laughs> right? two metres out. So yeah. yeah, it wasn't a marking forwards day. What a wild day of weather Sunday was though, it was like putrid. for all the games. It was putrid. Like even the, the Essendon-Richmond game, my God. Yeah. We were messaging throughout the day saying would have been nice to have all three games moved to Marvel. Mm-hmm. That would have made sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, imagine that. Triple header at Marvel. Imagine, imagine the footy that we would have seen. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Eliminate the elements. Yeah. Because I thought the Essendon Richmond game was a really high quality game, but it was just Thank like, you. it was just really slippery. Yeah. I thought, I mean, we couldn't see one of the quarters because they were refusing to wipe <laughs> the camera screen. Oh. So I can only assume in the third quarter there was some good football played, but one mm. can't tell because, you know, wouldn't want to go to the effort to wipe a camera screen down in the rain, would you, for AFLW? No, no, no need. I'll put, I'll put the camera undercover maybe. I don't no, you no. know. No, don't be silly. I mean, look, probably maybe it was undercover and the rain was just coming in sideways, but uh, Caddy and I watched the AFLM prelim on Saturday night at the pub mm. and I don't know if I said this to you, but I said this to a couple of people. When I sat down to watch the game, I couldn't believe, like it was cinematic, like how I know. how Quality. beautifully shot it was, and all the super slow mo angles. And I like coming from watching the first four rounds of AFLW, I just couldn't believe <laughs> the production <laughs> values of the AFLM. And I just would love women's footy to be showed in in that same way. Mm. I actually felt a bit unwell watching the Richmond Essendon game. Because I was trying to keep up with the the fast moving camera because the you know it was so slippery and wet that obviously it took a lot to stay you know, keep their eye on the ball but through the rain and I had to turn it off because I was feeling unwell 
seasick. Trap. Yeah, it was a bit seasick. Um, so yeah, I agree, Al. Can't wait for the, that element of the game to catch up, that's for sure. The off-field, you know, prowess. Yeah, because I just, I mean, I feel like we talk about it every AFLW season, just. Yeah. Yeah. Even twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what did you think of uh, what did you think of the Suns? Well, yeah. I was very surprised because I tipped St Kilda, um, but go Suns! Like great, yeah. good for footy. What a result! I was just um, rather shocked when I turned it on at three quarter time and I saw the scoreline, so I had to keep watching. Geez, uh, it, it looked hot and humid up there, that's for sure. So the Saints probably didn't know what hit them coming from a. Melbourne cold winter that we've had. Um, it looked just icky up there. They looked absolutely cooked in the heat. I think, gosh, they've played in every single element this year. Um, literally seasons in a football in every season. Um, but I remember at one stage, Kate Sheila marked the, the footy and then put her hands on her knees and was like, oh, oh, and then pushed back and kicked it. She kind of forgot what she was doing. Um, <laughs> so they just must have been so fatigued um, yeah. being up there in that weather. But um, complete credit to the Suns for being without Stano and still managing to, to string a win together. So um, very pleasing for them up there. Mm. Yeah. I think it's great. It's really good for them. Give them a bit of confidence to continue on with their season. Um, probably the opposite could be said for the Giants who are – really returns, hit the ground with a big thud after their mm. big win over the Swans. Mm. And I, I don't even know what to say. Like it was like a very low scoring game um, mm. and they just could not connect two handballs together. You know, like nothing was working for them, absolutely nothing. So. Caddy, as a coach, what do you do if you've got a team that's been together large, largely for, you know, at least five or six seasons? Um, they've, you know, had a fair chunk of people stay mm. uh, and they're still not quite clicking or, or, or getting that, you know, rhythm. Yeah. As a coach, how do you pull, pull them out of that or pull them together? What's, what can I mean, you do? Yeah, I don't know. Like I think... It's interesting because Cam's taken over the team as the coach. It it might have been better for the. I think I, he's. I know Cam. He's a great coach. He's a great coach. He's a really good coach. But he's been around the Giants for quite a while. I almost wonder if it's one of those situations where you get someone completely fresh in to give fresh mm. eyes over the group, make some difficult calls, throw um throw some names around the board a bit, and try some people, which I know they're doing a little bit of, just to change things up. Anything to kind of just see. If it's, you know, it feels a bit like they're doing the same thing over and over again and it's not working, but they're sticking with it and they're kind of going on and on. I mean, but that's not the way they've gone. So they have to figure out what to do now. But um, yeah, it's a tricky one. There's just, I didn't watch the Giants Swans game, which would have been good to watch to see what they look like when they're playing their best mm. footy because you've got to capture that somehow. Um, but I, I think it's still a bit, too reliant on Cora Stilton in the forward line, to be honest, that that mm. is really, they're just a bit of a one trick pony. Chuck a couple of players on her and take her out of the game. And it seems to shut down their scoring options. So 
you almost need to get another really big key forward in to support that and sort of boost it up. But there's 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 some talent on that list. So I don't mm. understand what like Elise Park is still absolutely dominating as we talked about last week. Mm. But um too few too few people are working together, I guess. Mm. Long story, long answer, short answer, I don't know. <laughs> but i i think you make a really interesting point about the you know internal appointment though because al mcconnell was basically an internal appointment as well so Mm. maybe they do maybe they do need someone with completely fresh eyes and fresh ideas and 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 that's no that's no knock on on the current coach no No, absolutely not yeah so which um aflm player would you like to um put in that role <laughs> preferably with no coaching experience yeah no one who's done any coaching before obviously <laughs> um friend of the podcast george hibbert who wrote that great book about the giants she's obviously very devastated about the result on the weekend but i noticed on twitter she made a very interesting point about how short the last quarter was obviously it was a really really low scoring game but because in AFLW uh quarters are 15 minutes plus stoppage time and there was no score and barely any stoppages the ga- the final quarter didn't didn't even reach 16 minutes mm. do you think that there is it, it's time to look at the length of the game as well not much footy is it when you when you think of it that way yeah, I mean, yes, I think so. I think that's not the game to make me question if it should be longer because mm. when there's only, um, what was it, 23, 24 points that are scored in the entire game, um, I'm sure everyone kind of wanted it to be um, to be over by that stage that so it just would have been exhausting <laughs> to be out there. Yeah. Um, but I agree, Alison, I think just watching teams get into a rhythm and then having the siren blow for quarter time, half time, and then three quarter time is exhausting. The same thing happened with Collingwood and Adelaide at Vic Park. Again, the weather was horrendous, but each of the teams kind of hit their straps at the 11 or 12 minute mark of each quarter. And then they had three minutes before siren blew and they were off. So I think it is time that we really, that the AFL really, really consider 18 aside on these grounds and longer quarters, even if it's 20 minutes flat. That's what we play in VFLW. Mm. If we can play that in VFLW, the AFLW can play that and more. So it's just time that they make those adjustments, especially given the fact that it's not being played in January in 40 degree heat now. Mm. You know, it's, it's time to make those changes. I'm not sure about flat quarters, 20 minutes flat. Like I know community mm-hmm. footy, VFLW. Well, I just think, I mean, I think the game deserves time on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But let it be, you know, 18 minutes plus time on. Mm. Then you at least get 18 minutes of football per quarter. Mm. 15 minutes and four seconds is is not enough time to, you know, get into that rhythm or game. Mm. Um, and because we love our listeners so much, we open it up to questions again this week. <clears throat> and Hibby, you're going to have to read it. 
because I am losing my voice. Oh, my God, what a treat. This is such a treat. <laughs> he was like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is my hosting debut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you're finding this so amusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so nervous <laughs> just reading it. A few questions from Twitter. This is my hosting debut, but <laughs> Alison and Caddy. This tweet's coming from at Becca Hain. Thanks for tuning in. Eva, <laughs> relax. Just relax, mate. You're oh, doing no. great. I hope I do, Becca. Oh, justice. Okay. Becca asks, which team plays AFLW finals first, St Kilda or Gold Coast? I think it's St Kilda. Yeah. But I don't know how much sooner than the Suns. <laughs> but it's still St Kilda. I think there's a bit more meat on the bones there. I mean, Gold Coast did just beat St Kilda, but I have extreme Victorian bias <laughs> because I watched St Kilda more than the Gold Coast. <laughs> what do you think, I here? think I think I'm going to go Gold Coast because they were so close last year. We mm. were speaking about them, sorry, last season. We were speaking about them at the end of the season, you know, how they shot through the stratosphere in terms of development. And um, then half the team left. <laughs> and then half the team left, I know. But, <laughs> I mean, still without half of that team, they beat St. Kilda. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, Caddy, remember that time you said you thought Fremantle would win the move? <laughs> The grand is <laughs> just half their teammates do. Yeah, but they, you know, they're still surprising us every now and then. This is true. Which so are Gold Coast. <laughs> Have faith. Have faith in your state teams, Kelly. <laughs> um, another question has come from Lucrius. Hello, Luke. Uh, Luke says, which teams have been your biggest surprise and earliest concerns? Won't say disappointment as still plenty of the season left. No, I like that. I like Mm. that. So biggest surprise and earliest concern. I'm going to put out there for me, the Bulldogs. Mm. Um. I don't know why, I just didn't think that they were kind of going to be right up there and they are absolutely smashing every game. Like they're mm. playing consistent footy, all the stars are doing their thing, um, but all the youngsters are stepping up as well and they're kind of putting some, like kicking some goals. Um, so for me, it's the Bulldogs as the surprise. Mm. My surprise, I'm going to say the Eagles. Because they've won two mm. games. And I, with the exodus of, like, the turnover of players they had after last season, I was not expecting much at all from them. But mm. they've snuck two wins and bloody good on them. Mm. Yeah, you're right. That They have performed better than we all thought, I think, a few weeks yeah. ago. So. Yes. Mm. And you hip? I think my surprise still sits with Essendon. Mm. And it's not because of I didn't think they'd do well. My surprise sits in the fact that I didn't think they'd do this well this early. Mm. Uh, I thought they'd take a little while to get a couple of wings on the board. And I think the fixturing has definitely helped them. They've 
played a couple of um, expansion teams slash um, not the, the bigger teams just yet. But uh, they've been a real surprise for me just how quickly they've turned into an AFLW team, uh, which is huge credit to Brendan Major at the VFLW level and then huge credit to Nat Wood and the coaches at Essendon um, for putting together quite a uh, cohesive unit. Um, Caddy, who's your earliest concern? For me, it's the Swans. Um, I did... To be honest, didn't think they had the strongest list anyway from the start, but I really feel like they just, even against other expansion teams we saw this weekend, they really just don't have quite enough experience in there just right now to keep mm. them, you know, to keep it level with other teams. And I'm worried that if that they keep losing, you know, having big losses, that it's really going to knock the confidence of a lot of young players they've got some really good young players um and yeah so for me it's this one's but just that reminds me of something that um commentator said on the weekend about just sort of I think they're talking about Essendon and Richmond they're talking about um how like the expansion teams like Essendon for example have been together for you know 12 weeks as a team if that you know mm. probably more like eight weeks as a full team and then they play against established teams that have been together, you know, four or five, six seasons. Um, I mean, yeah. So it's just the difference. You can just see the difference in the connection across the field. So, yeah, I think, like, you're right. Like, you, like Essendon seem, seem to be a bit more seamlessly stepped into that space, whereas Swans are still trying to figure that out, I think, the most um, of the teams. But, yeah, like I said, I just hope it doesn't knock too many players' confidence down because there's still a heap of t- there is a lot of talent on that list that just need a little bit more time to kind of connect and do their thing, I think. Al, what about you? Who's your earliest concern? Um, I think we kind of touched on it before, but just the Giants. So, yeah. yeah, for a foundation club, I just they just don't, like Caddy said earlier, they just don't seem to have that connection, um, overly reliant on Cora to score their goals. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, they lost a player like Privatelli, who was a really, was a real focal point up forward in, in terms of marking. But, yeah, mm. just question marks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, uh, I also think an early concern for me, but an understandable concern is Fremantle. I think they've had, mm. they've been kind of ripped apart um, and ripped with injuries. So um, Fremantle is an early concern, but I, I think they have the depth and the, um, I guess, experience to, to pull themselves together, I think, in the coming weeks. But, yeah, that's um, my my early concern there. It's pretty much it. Um, Hiba, do you know what it's time for? <gasps> Is it time for... Would you rather? Okay, a favourite. Hello again, Kelro. Kel. Kel. Commiserations on your final series, Kel, but we love the... But up the bloody up the bloody roosters, right? Would you rather two points or four points? How about these draws? Surely an odd feeling for players, especially Carlton, rather than being rewarded with a comprehensive result. Would you rather two points or four? I think we'd all rather four points. Yeah, yeah. But I'd rather, rather two rather than none. Two or yes, yeah. yeah. 
Mm, it's a tricky one, and it's very unusual to have two draws in a row with the same team, isn't it? We haven't very even touched unusual. on that. Like, it's, wow, yeah, what the, the hell? First time, first time it's happened in AFLW and, like, yeah. maybe the fourth time it's happened in footy ever and yeah, Carlton men's have done it twice. <laughs> of course they Oh, have. my gosh. So it's a Carlton <laughs> issue. It's then. a Carlton thing. We just like to have back-to-back draws. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I think we'd all rather have two points than none points. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's something that is unique to our sport. I mean, I kind of do like the draw. I mean, not not in finals. Mm. Home and away season, I think it's just like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Splits, splits, splits us up, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. And another would you rather from at Torak. Hello, Andy. We hope you're well. Love you, Andy. Love your work. Would you rather, this is a great one, would you rather be a fringe player struggling to break into a really successful side or play every week for a team getting smashed every week? Mm. Can I just say, playing in the 2017 VFLW Darwin side, <laughs> that I was very happy being a fringe player, not even a fringe player, just a bench warmer struggling <laughs> to break into a really <laughs> successful side. It was nice to be a part of success um even if I didn't have the experience playing on the field I still got the training experience and the mentoring and all that kind of jazz because mm. I think even just watching Patty Cripps speak last night about how difficult it is to be a really good player in a team that's really struggling to get some success that mental physical emotional burden for me would be too much to hold on to yeah I mean I think there would be a certain stress about whether or not you get picked each week and and that would would wear you down a little bit but I think the trade-off is like you say you're learning so much from elite experienced players around you and I I think you can't substitute that Mm. so I would be I would be a fringe player yeah I think you you're gonna be a better footballer in the end if you oh that's harsh to say but you do if you're around success and you're around um, that culture, it does breed a different type of confidence in yourself, even if you are a fringe player without you even realising it, um, probably in the long term. That being said, how long can you do that for, you know? Mm. Like, that will that does wear you down after, season after season after season of that and never breaking in. Yeah. I'd be rather playing footy. Like, who doesn't want to play footy, even if you're mm. losing? Completely. Agreed. And there's one more. Yeah, so we've got one more came in on Instagram. Claudia's number one fan. Would you rather never handball again or never kick again? I mean, I barely handball as it is, so <laughs> that's fine by me. Yeah. No one would ever notice if I never handballed again, let's be honest. Well, I mean, seriously, Caddy, you can kick 40 metres off one step, so I would definitely be saying no to the handball (laughs) why to kick like that oh my god it's much more effective isn't it to send the ball forward get rid of caddy put it on the boot (laughs) (laughs) it's all i'm good for i don't want to give that up (laughs) um my debate here is the fact that if you don't have handballs then you're actually just playing soccer (laughs) but if you don't have kicks how do you score a goal that's yeah. a very good point. Excellent point. 
Thank you. So I will stick with this for a very long time because I, I think there aren't really many games that where you just handball the ball around to to score point, getting it from one end to the other. Like volleyball, you get it over a net. Mm. But that could be a very unique way of playing football for seniors, I think, mm. handballing from one end to the other. <laughs> but I think I'd rather play without handballs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my handball is more, much more reliable than my kick, but <laughs> kicking is fun. So well, I'll never handball again. Invent, yeah, you could invent a, a game that's just handballing. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> um, very short and sharp episode this week. I'm sorry, friends, my voice is about to give out. Um, but thank you for joining us, Caddy Hiba. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for inviting us back every week, Alison. I'm always amazed when you still want to talk to us. Absolutely. (laughs) I absolutely love it. (laughs) Um, If you want to hit us up during the week, we're on social media at This A For Life. And we will see you next week. Thanks, team. See ya.